good to see uh, Brother David and Miss Liv back from their vacation, and uh, saw some pictures that looked like y'all had a great time. Good to have you back, and um, we're thankful for the good week God has given to us, and looking forward to a great time together. It's good to have the McCormick family with us. In just a few moments, they're going to sing a couple songs, and we're going to have an opening prayer. And just before we do, let's take our prayer request this morning real quick. And um, uh, if you have an answer to prayer you'd like to share with us, something maybe God's done good for you this week, also share that with us. So let's take just a moment and take those requests real quick. All right, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, and her name was Tamara, correct? Okay. Uh, so continue to pray for Tamara. Yes, ma'am. Okay, all right, so pray for him. And what was his name? Fran. Fran, okay. All right, yes, ma'am. Uh, the latest update I saw was that he did open his eyes and mouth, I love you to Crystal, and that is a miracle. That is an absolute miracle. And uh, still a long way to go, but continue to pray. And uh, a week ago, uh, they weren't even sure that would be even possible, so... Uh, we thank the Lord for that. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch. Okay. All right, any other unspoken requests real quick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All right. Eleven unspoken requests. All right, yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. Sure. Sure. Okay. Praise the Lord for that. Brother Richard mentioned he had a good day yesterday, I think it was, or this week. So uh, that's that's an answer to prayer, too, and we thank the Lord for it. Yes, ma'am. Um, my question here is about my mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Okay. All righty, so pray for Miss Kimmy this morning. Also, continue to pray for Brother Everett. Uh, Miss Florence said today they've got him up on the fifth floor doing acute rehab, and I guess that'll make him cuter. So, uh, But she said they had him up and walking, and praise the Lord for that, and uh, doing much better. Uh, they're getting his medicine right and getting some nourishment in him, for one thing. That's a big thing. But do keep praying for him. Uh, so has a long way to go, but we thank the Lord for that answer to prayer and good report. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so pray for Gail Michael in recovery. And, uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, praise the Lord for that. All right. Continue to pray for Brother Bob Schwabert, who's uh, under hospice care, but got word this week that he's able to get out in a wheelchair and be able to get around a little bit. And uh, he's not just stuck in his bed like he was earlier, so we thank the Lord for that as well. And then talked to Miss June today, or uh, this week, and uh, she was doing, uh, she's feeling better, and they're adjusting her treatments to where uh, her chemo is going to be once a month now and give her body a little more time to recover. But she said that has seemed to be working because her counts are up, her blood counts are up where they need to be or getting closer to where they need to be. And so a good answer prayer, and she said she's feeling much better than she has in a while. So praise the Lord for that. All right. Anybody else? 
Okay, so a lot to thank the Lord for, a lot of things to pray for this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His blessing on these. Father, we're so thankful for the privilege to come to you in prayer, to know that you hear us and answer. And Lord, what a miracle that is. And we are grateful for it. We pray that you would help us to be reminded of it often, that we would not soon forget the great privilege that you give us to come to you in prayer. And then, Lord, we pray for those that uh, have burdens this morning. Lord, I know uh, we think of Caleb, and Lord, we rejoice this morning in the answer to prayer there, but uh, continue to pray. And Lord, I know hearts are heavy, and still there's so much that uh, is still yet to come, especially for him and his recovery. We pray that you would bless and strengthen him. Uh, For Brother Everett, we're thankful for that. Pray that you'll continue to work in his uh, healing and his recovery. And um, uh, for Mrs. Douglas's uh, uh, request for Tamara, that you would bless there. And, uh, Lord, so many of the requests this morning. We think of this one that Miss Jennifer mentioned this morning. And uh, we're so grateful for the great blessings and answers to prayer that we have seen. But so many of our folks that have burdens, we think of the unspoken requests today. And, Lord, that you would bless in each of those. And even though we don't know exactly what they are, you know, you know how important they are and how burdensome they can be to people. And so we pray that you would bless each of those. We pray for Brother Bob Schwabert today. And, uh, touch him and give him strength and grace during this time. and Bless the family as they uh, work and care for him. And then, Lord, I pray that you would bless throughout this day, that you would be an encouragement to us. And as we come to your word, I pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. And, Lord, I ask this morning that you'll do your work in our hearts. And, uh, Father, that we don't just come here to do our Christian duty this morning, but that we will leave here rejoicing that you have done something for us through your word. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit would have free reign, free course to do as he would see fit. We pray for the McCormicks and the time they'll spend with us together that uh, you'll use them to encourage our hearts to be a help and uh, to draw our hearts closer to you. And we ask that we would honor and glorify you in all that we say and do. Lord, would you direct our steps and guide us Help us to follow them wholeheartedly. And then, Father, that we would glorify you in all that we say and do today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. It's good to have the McCormicks here. I'll let Brother Cedric introduce everybody. But dear friends of ours, of mine for many years and now several years here at Keepa Heights, and we thank the Lord for them. All right. Well, are we, are we on? Amen. Can you hear me? What a blessing. It is good to be here. I'm Cedric, Tanya, and Titus, and we are a missionary helps ministry working all around the country, helping churches with their music ministry. It is good to be here. You know, one day we're going to get to leave this old world. Isn't that going to be good to get to leave this world say amen? You know, a lot of times life is kind of like being out on the sea. Sometimes you have smooth sailing. Amen. Sometimes the wind will kick up and you have a little bit of rough waters. Amen. But listen, that lifeboat, he's come to take us out of here. Jesus is the lifeboat. We're floating down the stream of time and we have not long to stay. The stormy clouds of darkness will turn to brightest day. Then let us all take courage, for we are not left alone. The lifeboat soon is coming. 
to gather the jewels home. Then cheer, my brother, cheer. Our trials will soon be o'er. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet upon that golden shore. We're pilgrims and we're strangers here. We're seeking a city to come. The lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home. Sometimes the devil tempts me and says it's all in vain to try to live a Christian life and walk in Jesus' name. But then I hear the Master say, I'll lend you a helping hand. And if you'll only trust me, I'll guide you to that land. The lifeboat soon is coming by the eye of faith. I see as she sweeps through the water to rescue you. So dear, get ready, cries the captain. Oh, look, she's almost here. Then cheer, my brother, cheer. Our trials will soon be o'er. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet upon that golden shore. We're pilgrims and we're strangers here. We're seeking a city to come. The lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home. Oh, now's the time to get on board while she is passing by. But if you stand and wait too long, you shall forever die. Listen now. The fare is paid for one and all. The captain bids you come. And get on board the lifeboat, she'll carry you safely home. Well then cheer, my brother, cheer, our trials will soon be o'er. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet upon that golden shore. We're pilgrims and we're strangers here, we're seeking a city to I'm so thankful.
I'm so thankful this morning that, you know, when we do have troubles and trials and heartaches in life, I'm thankful that when it matters to me, it also matters to the Master. Isn't it good to know that everything we can take to the Lord in prayer, isn't it good to know that that when we are heartbroken or we have troubles or we have situations that come up in life, and they do, amen? But how much the more does our Father care about us than we do our own children? I've said this, you've heard me say it. When Titus has something in his life that comes up that he's burdened over or is a problem with him or he's concerned about or it hurts him, how I want to fix it as his daddy. Well, how much more does our Heavenly Father want to take care of us? Amen. If it matters to you, it also matters to the Master. When life lets you down and you feel more broken than whole and the wounds go deeper than words and you can't tell a soul I may not know what you're going through and I cannot make your high mountains move but friend I have found something I want you to know if it matters to you it matters to the master and he wants to share those burdens you bear whisper peace when your world gets shattered if it's your greatest joy or your deepest pain and you're really needing an answer if it matters to you it matters to Friend, do you think the maker and giver of life is far too busy to care about your troubles and strife? Well, he sees the spiral that falls to the ground, and he If you only knew how precious you are in His sight. And if it matters to you, well, it matters to the Master. He wants to share those burdens you bear. Whisper peace when your world gets shattered. If it's your greatest joy or your deepest pain and you're really needing an answer, if it matters to you, it matters to the Master. And if it's your greatest joy or your deepest pain and you're Simply needing an answer. If it matters to you, well, it doesn't only matter to you. 
I'll have Brother Cedric take a few moments and share a little bit more about their ministry and what they do. I've known the McCormicks, uh, well, I've known Brother Cedric and Miss Tanya since before they were married and um, been dear friends over the years. And uh, I thank the Lord for folks that are faithful and that finish well and... Um, They've been hard at it for a number of years, and God has worked and used their ministry. Pray for them, because anybody that's involved in ministry, Satan's got a target on them. And I've seen so many folks that have been long in ministry, that towards the end of their years in ministry, they have failed and have fallen, and things have happened. And uh, they've been an encouragement to me to watch their faithfulness through some very difficult times in life. And yet, uh, they need prayer, as we all do, and pray that God will bless and use their ministry and appreciate their music that they sing. It's Christ-honoring, and that goes a long way. Uh, it helps draw your heart to the Lord, and I thank the Lord for it. And I'll have, if you, if you don't mind, Brother Cedric, I'll have you just share a few minutes about your ministry and what you do, a little bit more in detail, and uh, maybe a few moments doing that. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Turn to Genesis chapter number 48. <coughs> Genesis chapter number 48. We are getting to the very end. We've been a year and a half on the study of Genesis. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I have enjoyed the study of the life of Jacob. And uh, to see how God used Jacob gives me some hope. And uh, that God can use me. And I hope that it gives you some Hope that God can use you. And uh, the truth is, there's not a person that has ever served the Lord that has been perfect. Have you ever thought of that? And yet God is. God is a holy God. He's a just God. And the very fact that He allows us the privilege to serve Him is a miracle. And I thank the Lord for it. It's something that makes me excited to think He can still use us. In spite of our failures and our infirmities that we have, the times that we are not faithful to Him, that we ought to be, uh, He is still faithful to us. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. Last week we dealt a little bit with the picture of grace as we saw Pharaoh uh, bringing Jacob and all of his family and giving them a portion in Egypt, uh, not for Jacob's sake, but for Joseph's sake. And we saw so vividly pictured the grace of God last week in that beautiful Old Testament story. As we come to Genesis chapter number 48, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Now, if you remember back, uh, Joseph had these two sons while he was in Egypt. He married an Egyptian woman and had these two sons by her. And Manasseh was the eldest and Ephraim was the younger of the two. And that's important because in the culture of their day, being the firstborn was a very significant thing. It meant that they would receive what was called the birthright, and this was uh, the, um, uh, the portion 
that was given to uh, the children of the, the heir, the, the, the paternal, the father, um, they would give a double portion to uh, the eldest, and then all the others would divide the shares evenly of his possessions. And then they would also be in line for what was called the blessing. The blessing was a transfer of spiritual leadership of the home or the family. And you've got to remember back then, many families, especially in the uh, patriarchal families that we look at with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, were nomadic families, and many times they traveled in large groups. And so it was not unusual to have three or four, sometimes even five generations all together in one location. And the, the, the patriarch of that family was to be the spiritual leader of that family. And they were the ones responsible for uh, teaching and guiding their family in the things of the Lord, which, by the way, is still God's way today. Amen? And uh, we find here in chapter number 48 that there's two sons that are going to come into play. We're going to see what happens here with Manasseh being the eldest and Ephraim being the youngest. Now let's take a look in verse number 2. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and will multiply thee and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine as Reuben and Simeon. Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Now, understand and remember this, that Reuben was Jacob's eldest son. In fact, he was the one that was in line for the birthright and the blessing according to their culture and their tradition of the day. Because of some of the... Uh, deceitfulness that Reuben and the other brothers did with regards to Joseph and throwing him in the pit and uh, some of the the, the, uh, atrocities that they performed against their brother, Reuben is is not going to be the one that gets the blessing or the birthright from Jacob. And in fact, he's going to put Joseph in that place of receiving it, but he's going to do it through the sons of Joseph. That's an interesting concept. As we find in verse number 6, he says, And thy issue, which thou besettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came uh, from Paden, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when there was uh, but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same as Bethlehem. And Isaiah beheld Joseph's son, and, and I'm sorry, Isaiah, and Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me all thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them, both Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger. 
and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, and God which fed me all, the, all my life long until this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let thy name be named upon them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, let them grow unto a multitude in the midst of the earth." I want to just take a few moments to, and we're going to probably only get through a small portion of the lesson today, but I want to mention a couple things that we see in this particular chapter. Uh, one of the things that we find, once again, is the goodness of God to Jacob throughout his life. He speaks of it as we get to verse number 15, and he says, uh, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, and understand that even though Jacob was a trickster and a deceiver, he had a, 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 a seeking, a desire, a thirst for the things of the Lord. And no matter how, how many times Jacob was unfaithful, God was still faithful to use him. I want to just stop right there for a moment and make this statement that while God certainly was gracious to Jacob and was willing to bless Jacob, and I do believe that there were certain moments, key moments in Jacob's life where his heart turned to the Lord and he sought after the Lord, that he made great strides in his spiritual life. Understand this, that some of the result of God showing grace to Jacob was, as we continue to study this, was still all the way back to Abraham, and it was for Abraham's sake. God had made a covenant with Abraham, didn't he? That he would make of Abraham a great nation. He made the same covenant and the same promise to Isaac, didn't he? He, re he reiterated that promise. And then we get to the first part of chapter number 48. And we find here that the Bible says in verse number uh, 4 that Jacob is relaying this. And he says, and said unto, uh, let's back at verse number 3. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, and will multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And so again, we find that God reiterates this promise. And can I tell you this? It's wonderful. And one of the great lessons we can learn as we've studied this passage in Genesis is that God is always a God of His Word. Amen? If He makes a promise to you, you don't have to believe it or not. It's still going to happen. Uh, I've said so often, there's a song back in the 70s and 80s that uh, was popular among youth groups and had a little catchy tune to it. And it, said, it was, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And uh, I heard my dad say one time years ago, God said it, doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. It's still settled. And the truth of the matter is, God is a God that keeps His Word. And, and I'll tell you, as a Christian, that gives, us, that gives us great peace to know that we can anchor ourselves to what God gives us as truth and we will not have to sit and fret and worry whether or not God is going to fail us in that. Can I tell you this? There are a lot of people that get discouraged because they put their faith in, the, in other people. They put their faith in friends. They put their faith in their jobs. And I'll tell you this. There is nothing in this world that is certain that we can anchor ourselves to. But one thing we can hold to for, for certain, and there is no doubt about it, is we can anchor ourselves to God. Because when he says something, he's going to perform it. He's going to make sure that it happens. And so he reiterates this promise to Jacob. Now, Joseph comes and he brings his two sons to, uh, to Jacob. He's, he knows that Jacob is getting up in years and is getting ready to pass away. So as the tradition of the day was, Joseph takes and he puts Manasseh 
in, which is the eldest son, in his left hand, which would, if, as, as, as Israel is facing, as Jacob is facing him, that would be Jacob's right hand. And so that was, that was the, the significance of the eldest. That was the significance of our might and our power. And so they would always bless by putting the right hand, the right hand, the right hand. Even to this day, we still have things in our society and culture that we, we do because there's something significant about the right hand. Have you noticed that? You go to a court of law, what do they ask you to do? Raise your right hand, don't they? You know where that came from? From, from Old Testament principle, that there was something special, something bond about that right hand, the strength of it. This is my word. This is ironclad. And so the idea was that when the blessing was given and the birthright was given, the, the, the parent would place the, the right hand on the head of the eldest child and they would uh, pronounce the blessing on them. So Joseph, understanding the culture, takes his eldest, he lines him up with Jacob's right hand, puts Ephraim on the left hand. Uh, on, his, on, Isaac's left, or on Jacob's left hand. But when Jacob goes to put his blessing on these boys, the Bible says that he takes his right hand and puts it on Ephraim and takes his left hand and puts it on Manasseh. And while both of these boys were blessed, there was a pronouncement that Ephraim was going to be the one that got the greater blessing. And you'll find as you study the history of Israel that Ephraim's tribe is always the one that gets the greater blessing. More importantly, Ephraim is the one who's in the line of the Messiah. I thought about that for a while. You know, God doesn't put things in the Bible by accident, nor is he looking to fill up pages. There's something about this, this switching of the hands that is important. I don't claim this morning to have all of the, the implications of what this is, but I'll tell you some things that I think it does show. We find that in Abraham's case, Ishmael was the firstborn, and yet it was Isaac who got the blessing. I know where I'm going with this. It's going to be good when we get there. We find that when Isaac had his two sons, Esau and Jacob, even though it was by trickster and by deceit, it wasn't Esau, the eldest, but it was Jacob who got the blessing. And now we find Jacob, the third one, saying, you know, here's, here's two boys. There's an eldest and the youngest. And he says on purpose, the Bible says this, wittingly, he took his right hand and put it on the youngest, gave him the blessing. I'll tell you one truth that I think that very easily pictures is that God is not bound to the laws of society. I'm thankful that the Bible says that his ways are far above our ways. And what makes sense in man's ways is not always the way that God chooses. In fact, more often than not in the Scriptures, we find God chooses a way that man wouldn't even dream of just to show that he's God. And here he takes, out of, out of custom, he takes the youngest in each of these, each of them in the line of the Messiah. Now, if you will, hold your place here for a minute and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. There is a, 
we, we know this from Scripture that the Old Testament is many times and a lot of times uh, not where we get a lot of our doctrine from, although it pictures and illustrates many times the truths of the New Testament. We saw last week the picture of grace and Pharaoh as he gives his grace to Jacob and to the family. And let's take a look here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. <clears throat> and uh, let's look down around verse number, oh, let's go to, uh, let's go down to verse number 45. Verse number 45. <laughs> and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And these are terms that the Bible uses. And the first Adam we know is the Adam that was created in the Garden of Eden. He's the one who fell. The Bible refers to the second Adam being who? Anybody remember? The Lord Jesus Christ. It's known as the second Adam in Scripture. Notice what it says here in verse number 45. The first Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam was made a what? A quickening spirit, a spirit that can make alive, that, that in the first Adam there was death that came, in the second Adam there was life that came. And it says this in verse number 46, how be it that which was not, what, first, which is spiritual, but that which is what, natural. So the first Adam was natural, physical, fleshly. And afterward, that which is what? Spiritual. Isn't that good? Look what it says. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Can I tell you this? The blessing that God gives to you and I through His grace did not come through the first Adam, but it came through the second Adam. The blessing of eternal life did not come through the first Adam, but it came through the second Adam. It talks about the fact that the first Adam is earthly and fleshly, but the second Adam is, is, is heavenly. And he says in verse number 49, And as we have borne the image of the earthy. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we were born in sin. In sin, in iniquity, the psalmist said, My mother did conceive me. We we're sinners by nature. And we, we lived a life, before we got saved, we lived a life that was under the bondage of the law of what's called sin and death, the Bible says. But aren't we glad that the grace of God came into the picture through the second Adam, the one that was made the high priest for us, the one who not only was the high priest, but he's, for the first time in history, was the high priest and the sacrifice. And he was sacrificed, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, once for all, that he may save them to the uttermost, having entered once into the holy place. He sprinkled his own blood. And by this, he brings the promise, the blessing to every one of us 
no longer earthy. Now we are in the image of the heavenly. When we got saved, there was a quickening spirit that came to live inside of us that made us alive. There was something that used to be dead inside of us. And the minute we got saved, something became new in us, didn't it? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. And when we were in our natural state, we didn't have a whole lot of interest in the things of God. But I'm thankful that the Bible says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We get to verse number 49, And as have borne the image of the earthy, we, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, and please watch carefully on this. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Incorruptible. And we shall all be changed. Verse number 54, for this corruption or this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the what? The victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Seeing that we have the image of the heavenly, then we need to live that way. I'm so tired of seeing people that are a child of the king that live like they're still a child of the world. We get to the place where we don't understand, we don't realize the great, great blessing that God brought when He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Oh, we're thankful for it. We get saved, and I think we rejoice in it. I don't know too many people that get saved that they don't rejoice in their salvation. But so often as we live moment by moment and day by day, we do not live with the joy of that occasion in our hearts and in our minds. We don't realize the importance of this. I think we see a beautiful picture in the Old Testament. As we find the blessing of each of these great patriarchs that are mentioned in the life of Israel. That the blessing came through the second, the youngest. I don't know that there's a direct tie between that and what we read about in 1 Corinthians. But it certainly serves as a great picture to remind us that in the first Adam we all died. But in the second half, we receive his blessing of grace. That when the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth, it was something that every one of us benefited from. And so God allows Abraham to put his hand of blessing on Isaac, not Ishmael. He allows Isaac to put his hand of blessing on Jacob and not Esau. The Holy Spirit leads Jacob to put his hand of blessing on Ephraim and not Manasseh. And as a result, the whole world has been blessed. 
I'm thankful God's ways are not our ways, aren't you? You know, when Israel was pushing for a king, they selected Saul because he was head and shoulders above all the other men. A fine specimen, a man that was a man's man and a leader. And yet they lived to regret that, didn't they? When God sent Samuel to anoint the second king of Israel because he had taken the kingdom away from Saul, David went to Jesse's house and all of the brethren from the eldest down, he goes through and Samuel thought, surely this is the one. Surely this is the one. Surely this is the one. But God chose the youngest, didn't He? God chose the youngest. It was out of sorts for the custom of the day. It certainly was not something that they were expecting. But you know what it said about that situation when Samuel went and chose David? It says that man looketh on the what? Outward appearance. But God looketh upon the heart. Can I tell you this? God's ways are not our ways. And when He does something unusual that is out of the ordinary, something we don't expect, in fact, something we look at and say, boy, that's, that's not right. That shouldn't be that way. Can we just trust Him that He knows what He's doing? Can we just say, you know what, Lord, I, it's not the way I expected it to be, but I'm going to trust it because I know that You have everything under control. What if, what if Joseph had messed up there and changed things around? Oh, I'm not saying that God couldn't have made it work. But isn't it wonderful to know that God directed every one of those men to put their hands of blessing upon the youngest child? It's interesting to think that. And then to see the wonderful picture that is spoken of between the first Adam and the second Adam. If somebody says, well, I don't see the connection there, Pastor, that's fine. That's fine. I understand that. But every time we think of the fact of the first Adam and the second Adam, I hope we'll be reminded in something that will be called a remembrance as we think of this story of Manasseh and Ephraim. We can understand the truth, the significance of God bringing His blessing through His own Son to all of mankind. And you and I are the ones that get the benefit of that. We have that quickening of spirit inside of us. And I hope that will be a help and encouragement to you today. It's, again, a very short lesson. And we knew we had the McCormick's here today. wanted to give them some time. And we'll look forward to uh, next week trying to finish up the book of Genesis. And let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We pray that you'll bless it and use it. Lord, so many things to be thankful for today. And especially the fact that we are saved. The fact that you sent your son to die on a cross that even when man sinned and fell in the Garden of Eden, which did not take you by surprise, you already had a plan in place. And it was a plan that really man could not have figured out or man could have even come up with, but it's a plan that you had. According to the Bible, it said that he was as a lamb slain, lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So, Father, we're thankful this morning that your ways are not our ways. I pray that through this lesson this morning we can learn this truth, that regardless of how you seek to lead the, the steps of our life, the circumstances that come into our lives, that we will always have the, the ability to put our faith in the fact that you are in control and you know what you're doing.
Lord, it doesn't matter what a coronavirus does. It doesn't matter what uh, circumstances in our family happen. It doesn't matter what our health may do. That, Father, you're in control of the situation. May we find great peace in that and great strength in that. And then, Father, may we rejoice in the fact that we are saved this morning, that we've trusted you as our Savior. And, Lord, if there's someone in this room that does not know for sure if they were to die right now, they'd go to heaven. If they've not gotten saved, they've never trusted you as their Savior. I pray that through the preaching of your word today, that your Holy Spirit will convict and show them that need, and they will see that need and get it settled before they leave this place today. Lord, bless all that we say and do. In the service to come, we pray especially. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, God bless you. Dismissed. We'll be back in about 12 minutes or so.